And now, a word about our sponsor. The Kinky Boys podcast is brought to you by How to Kill a Superhero, the BDSM book series by author Pablo Green. If you've ever fantasized about a juicy muscle beast encased in lycra, bound and gagged, then your moment has arrived. This is the book series for fans of superhero fetish, bondage and transformation fetishes. The books are available on paperback and Kindle at the Amazon store in 13 countries. Book 3, Transformation Fetish, launches this fall. You can also buy autographed copies of the paperbacks, t-shirts, spandex wrestling singlets and bondage rope at howtokillersuperhero.net. Kinky Boys listeners can use the discount code KINKYBOYS, all the one word, for 15% off any order. Shipping is available worldwide. These books are pervy as pervy can be. How to Kill a Superhero, there's a power rising inside you. The Kinky Boys Podcast. Exploring one kink at a time. Hello and welcome to the Kinky Boys Podcast. I'm Craig. I'm Adam. And today we will be talking about collars. Yay. So, yes. Um, collars are probably one of the most common pieces of kinkwear you will see. Out and about every day and they come in many shapes and sizes. You've got your chain ones, your leather ones, your rubber ones, your PVC ones, your little things on a piece of string, little leather thongs. And those ones as well. Um, yeah, there's every different type under the sun, depending on what you want to try. Yeah, and they can have a variety of meanings, despite being fairly well recognised as an item. Um, the universal caveat is at play here. There are no set rules to this. There's just societal conventions. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. If you want it to mean something different for you, it can mean something different for you. I mean, yeah, let's talk, uh, both Ad and Maya wearing collars. So let's talk about that. What does your collar mean to you? What's it for? Well, uh, my daddy gave me this. Um, it is a steel chain collar with a padlock and a little, um, bone-shaped name tag on it. Uh, for me, I have been wearing collars when I'm in relationships for some time. And I don't know, it just makes me feel... So I've been wearing collars whilst I've been in relationships for some time now. I find them... I find them comforting, if that makes sense. It's like having a little reminder of the person you've given yourself to. And, yeah, I really enjoy the feel of them, I enjoy the weight of them, I enjoy the look of them, and I enjoy how they make me feel. Personally, I prefer the chain ones, because my friends being my friends, we often end up playing tug of war with them, and the less fabric and the more metal there is at all of the joints, the less likely it is to get pulled apart. Trust me, there is nothing that will make you cry harder than watching the symbol of your relationship literally be torn apart in front of you. Yeah, that 
I mean, they can be very powerful things. I mean, for me, my collar. Um, I think I may mention this on the podcast before. I'm from a kink discordant relationship, which means my partner's vanilla. And it's been very interesting for him having to learn about all the ins and outs of kink relationships. And um, for a long while, he's asking me about collars, how they work, what they mean. And um, eventually he revealed this is um, because my birthday was coming up. And as a surprise, he got me a collar because he knew oh, yeah, I, he had picked up that I was feeling a bit left out because pretty much all my friends had collars and I didn't. Oh. So he got me one for my birthday. And for me, again, we're not a Dobson relationship. We don't really have any kink between us two. Dumbside, dear. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, <Yes>. spoonerisms. <laughs> yes. Um, so for me, it's a symbol of our relationship and my dedication to him. Ooh, yeah. I have had a previous collar with a daddy, um, which was a day collar, which was just a piece of um, thin leather as a slide knot. So it looks just like um, any day piece of male jewellery. And... As people know, day collars are basically collars that are meant to pass in polite society. Yep. Um, I used to have one which was this mm-hmm. uh, thin black rubber sort of cylinder that went around mm-hmm. the neck. It was completely smooth and it had a single bead on the front which looked like a little metal fang. Um, it was very subtle. It was very masculine, it was very easily hidden, you could get away with it during the day. Um, I now wear my chain everywhere because fuck what other people think. Um, I'm no longer in a position where I have to maintain a professional demeanour. I can actually be me. So screw it. I'm going to wear my collar. Yeah, I mean, they can. Nowadays, um, chain collars can pass quite easily as just male accessories. Yeah, if you type the padlock in the bone-shaped tag underneath your shirt. The rest of it just looks like a necklace. Yeah. And there are also dedicated play collars, which are the big leather strap ones. Um, Yeah, you can get padded versions, unpadded versions, really beautiful artistic ones if you look for them. Uh, Some of them can take a lot more weight than others. And so, you know, be warned when you're shopping for them. You've got to look into what you can do and what you can't do. Yeah, if they're there just for a slave to be in and look pretty, then most collars will do. Um, if you're doing something like putt play where you're actively going to be pulling on the collar, you need to look for ones that are reinforced. Yeah, and Velcro ones which you can buy for like a tenner from the straight sex shops. Well, they look good. They feel okay. They do some of the jobs you need. Yeah, they can make you feel like you're doing them. That's, that's one of the biggest important things about colours, I think, is how they make you feel. Yeah. The mm. symbology differs from person to person and from situation to situation. Some colours are marks of ownership, some are marks of protection, some are marks of friendship. Um, it genuinely does depend in each case. And again, the universal caveat. Just ask. Yeah. Different people will be doing different things or thinking different things. I mean, there are certain universal um, just politenesses to follow, such as don't try and take off someone else's collar. 
Yeah, and, no, that's rude. Don't. Yeah, and don't pull on it and don't yank on it unless you explicitly have permission to do so. Yeah. Generally speaking, and again, generally, you should probably still ask even if you're, you know, kind of sure. A collar with a closed padlock on it will indicate ownership or being in a relationship. Yeah. An open padlock typically is, and this is slightly more of an American thing, is um, simply trying to show that you are submissive and that you're looking for someone to close the padlock. This is, again, generalization, and you should ask people. Yeah, there's no governing body like off-collar to um, <laughs> create standardization. There's no European directive on standard collar signals. Um, also fairly common, if someone's wearing a bone-shaped tag, chances are they're a puppy. Bark at them, see what happens. It's fun. Yeah. I've made a lot of friends that way. <laughs> I mean, there can also be training collars where someone is taken under consideration, or if they're collared only for a short time, yep. for a specific purpose so they can learn or be trained, or mm -hmm. whatever agreement they have with a dom. Or ding type, or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, the again, you can do pretty much what you like. Generally speaking, it will almost always be going on the submissive in the relationship. Yeah, there's. It's unusual to see a dom wearing a full collar. Unusual, not impossible. See. I have seen quite a few people who are both wearing collars and master's caps. I've seen that usually as an indication that they, they're switch rather than a 100% dom top. You know, that mythical yeah. unicorn. Yeah, because, I mean, most people nowadays, they're, they're dom, but they themselves have a dom, or they're switches, or they're subs, but they're alpha subs. People have got have opened up to this idea that you can be on a scale of submissive and dominant and you can have a submissive side and dominant side and you can wear both the cap and collar. Don't tell the old guard. <gasps> I'm sure they don't know how to work podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean but possibly fair. Yes, yes, yes. Any views expressed in the show are not our own views or the views of the podcast, even though we are saying them. What? No, these are totally my views. <laughs> oh, but they're not the views of our sponsor. Yes. We do need to make that one clear. Yes. So, who is our sponsor, Adam? And I thought we were going to be doing this later. Our sponsor is How to Kill a Superhero. A wonderful trilogy nearly, of books. The third one is going to be coming out later this year. And in addition to the, the novel series, there are a number of fabulous singlets all for sale on howtokillasuperhero.net. Well, I may have a few of them, and they are very, very good for weightlifting, wrestling, or just showing off. Well, yes, haven't they... Um been made up to weightlifting standards for competitions? Yep, that's the point. 
Yeah. They will not fall apart easily. Gee, they do have butts, though. So, you know, they don't do everything. You might have to rip them apart if you want to do that specifically, but I would recommend against it. Yeah, they're so nice. You don't want to ruin them. Yeah. Unless that's your thing. Pin someone down, peel it off them, and then put it back on when you're done. Yeah. I mean, I would like to go into the whole suit ruining fetish. That's quite a specific and interesting one. I've not actually heard of that one. Well, yeah, they basically, it's an extension of your standard suit fetish. It's about ruining the suit as a form of humiliation. Huh. And it seems to be the more fancy or expensive the suit, the more they get off on it. Okay. Because it's basically, again, taking a big symbol of power in our society and very much degrading it and destroying it. I've only ever seen just a generic rip and strip as um, either in wrestling or just as someone being too passionate about it. And both of those are very hot. I've not encountered it as a specific, specifically for suits. Yeah, and it, but I can see the appeal. Yeah, and it tends to be more in written erotica than film erotica because of, I think it's easier to describe Costs. that. Yeah, but they do very much focus a lot on the actual sensation of destroying someone's suit while they're in it, and it's always the big important business CEO reduced to a quivery. Where do you find these? Um. Well, they used to be on the um, Nazi's Cursed Men collection, but that's recently closed down. Oh. Yeah, and there's a lot on the um, Nifty Story archive. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, back to the topic again. Yes, back to collars. Yes. Um, ties are sometimes used as collars. That, that can be our segue. Yeah. I mean, they are sometimes used as a... Related symbol of, you know, something being around the neck, being a constant reminder. I mean, I know people that have, um, if they, if they've got a particularly conservative job, and this seems to be more for straight, um, femme subs, um, collars around the ankle. Oh, yeah, I've seen those around. Mm. I personally have no truck with them, but that's just because the shape of my ankle means that, um, Either they're really, really, really tight, or they bash into the back of my ankle and give me um, give me blisters. So I prefer the ones that go around the wrist instead. Yeah, I mean it. It does have a certain social symbolic symbology symbolism. Symbolism. Thank you. Where is that whole ball and chain around the ankle, or cuffs around the ankle, showing slavery, subservience, someone's captured or owned, or yeah, I just quite like the um, leather cuff around the right wrist. Um, it's hanky code. It's descriptive. It looks good. It looks vaguely fashionable at the moment. Um, and you get to tie it to things. Yeah, they just come an in extra very pad- handy. An extra padlock or a carabiner. Just clip, clip, clip. Done. I mean, there is one... Um collaring-esque thing which I quite like which is to do with my boot fetish which is um, on tall boots either wrestling boots Doc Martens, grinders um, leaving the top two holes open and putting a padlock around there so you're padlocked into a pair of boots 
That's fun. Yes. I've not tried that before. No, you should. Find find someone to pad- padlock you into a pair of boots for the night. <laughs> I will look into it. Yeah. Um, do you know anything about collaring ceremonies? Because I know that there's like this big myth around them, but I've never actually seen one or been to one or even heard what's supposed to go on in them other than some vague generalizations. I know this is like something from the past, I'm assuming. Well, I'm not sure if it's something from the past as a myth about the past that has sort of taken on its own reality. As a lot of old guard, air quotes, traditions have done. Hmm. Where the myth has come before people have made them the reality. Okay. And let's go through the perfect fantasy colouring, shall we? I still have no idea. Well, this is while I walk you through it. Okay. So go picture it. You're in a darkened room written lit only by candlelight. Hundreds and hundreds of candles. Your dons. Oh, God. Up on a dais by an altar, and all the other le- members of the leather community and family are standing in the shadows observing you. It's the Freemasons all over again. Yep. And you quiveringly prostrate yourself before your dom and... Prostrate yourself? Prostrate? Ah. Prostrate? Uh, no. You could I... prostrate yourself before your dom. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you're, you know... And some big Dom gives the big speech about how he's going to own you and what ownership should be. And you fledge yourself to your Dom and he locks the collar around you. And yeah, that's the fancy. It's basically a big fetishized wedding ceremony. Sort of. Okay. In reality, it's often a lot more private. It's just people agree to the moment. And it can be very special for people. I mean, it was special for me when I got mine. Um, and it is just, uh, yeah, the person you love or the dom you agree to obey, you both come to the conclusion that you're ready for it, and they put your col- their collar around you. It's like, I remember when, as I said, I got mine on my birthday, I was a bit worried because my boyfriend was fiddling about with the lock um, and key right above the storm drain. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, I, this is a very emotional moment for me, and I love this, and I love you. Can we do it a few feet to the left? <laughs> oh, that's really cute. Yeah. That's the thing, this is the reality of it. It's, you know, it's not this big, enormous ceremony. It's a very intimate thing. Hmm. Which I quite like. Yeah. I mean, if you want to have a big ceremony, you can, and get the whole leather family round to it. Yeah, but... How many of us have a hall that can support that many candles? I'd know what our Freemason friends let us rent out the hall. I don't think that's a thing they can do. I'm not sure they're high ranking enough. Well, that's true. We'll see if the hoist would let us. Oh yeah, the hoist probably would. But as long as they're all the like dribbly wax candles, it's probably fine. Yeah, well, they've got to be dribbly wax candles. You can't have dinner candles or something. It has to be all dramatic and almost medieval. No, I meant the ones for pouring wax on people. Oh yeah, they're nice. Which um, I believe we'll be doing for the um, next Wolfpack uh, Masterclass Night at the London Eagle. Oh, fun. Yes. Damn it, I should have bought some. Oh, 
Anyway, never mind. You can get them to like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the symbology of them. And you, as we said, you can get different types. You can get training collars. You can get um, play collars, day collars, and the standard um, chain and padlock. Yeah. There's... There's no shame in wearing a collar that you have put on yourself. This is something that I've heard people say, and this is my piece. If you want a collar to show who you are, or to play in, or just because you like the look of them, that is also fine, and don't let anyone else make you feel bad about it. Sometimes, yes. You're 18 years old, you have no idea where to go shopping for your kink gear, you go down to the local pet shop, and you buy a collar that fits around your neck. This is a perfectly adequate experience. And one day, you'll be able to give that collar to someone else, they can stick a padlock on it, and it will be wonderful. But just wearing the one that you bought yourself, that's also fine. It lets you experience it, it lets you feel it, and it gives you a chance to try things that you haven't had an opportunity to try yet. There's no shame in that. Yeah, it's um, my big leather play collar that um, I got for myself. It was after um, I had my relationship with the day collar, mm. which didn't go so well for me and wasn't the kind of relationship I needed at the time. So when I next bought a collar with um, my next sir at the time, who's now become my best friend and leather brother, um, I bought the collar and presented it to him, hmm. asking if he'll take care of it for me. And when, again, we transitioned from sir and little brother to big brother and little brother, um, he gave the collar back to me. Oh. And I'm very glad I did it that way. And I, it meant, again, this is all about symbolism and personal symbolism. For me, it was, instead of being collared, which at that time I really wasn't in the right headspace for, I disliked how I began to feel like property, which is not the kind of sub I am. Yeah. And it was a bit damaging for me. So it meant a lot to me to be in control of the collar, if that was yeah, thing, that as in... Sense something I could present to someone and take away if I needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's about what makes you comfortable and you happy. Never forget that. Yeah, so... What else have we not covered? Size of chains. This seems to be a thing. Um, okay. So, too small and it's kind of easy to bend. And it's kind of easy to snap. Too big and, well, it might work for you. But personally, I've not yet seen it work. It just looks kind of ridiculous. I have seen it on a sub that was absolutely massive. It was basically a built like a British shit, shit house, a massive wall of muscle. And it worked because of its sheer size... Okay, if it, looks like. if it looks actually proportional, fine. Or if it's there to look like you are being weighed down on the, by the neck, 
that's all simple. Again, it can be for the feel of the sub because you have this constant bearing weight on yeah, you. Yeah, if you've got eight kilograms weighing on your neck and you're only, what, a 50 kilogram twin, yeah, that's going to be pretty damn heavy. Yeah. And that is kind of a hot scene that I want to see now. Yeah, well, I've seen it done quite a lot um, where people don't wear them regularly, but for play sessions or going out to a bar, they put on the extra heavy collar. Okay. Yeah. Um, you do want the ones which look as though the individual chain links are twisted. That way they all lie flat rather than having one resting side on and one resting flat. Um, it just makes it a lot easier on your neck. This is something that's going to be rubbing against your skin all day, every day, if you wear it that way. So you do want it to be at least vaguely comfortable. Yeah. There are times when you don't want it to be comfortable, but those are usually only for a few hours at a time. Uh, yes. And I think we forgot them. WD-40 the lock quite often, just to protect it and stop it from Oh, lasting. yeah. Um, about once a week. If you're not using a rubber padlock, rubber padlock, a rubber collar, and then you need to oil your padlock, otherwise it will seize shut. Mm -hmm. It is quite fun when your lock seizes, because it means that your relationship has lasted longer than metal. Um, but yeah. it is also, it feels like sacrilege, having to take a pair of bolt cutters to a padlock on your uh, that you're wearing. Yeah, I, just for safety reasons, if, say, you're in an accident or neck problems or anything to do with health reasons, you need to be able to take the collar off. There will be times, yes. Yeah. Generally speaking, having a spare key somewhere is probably a good idea. It's one of those may I never use this things. Yeah, it's like how you always keep a pair of um, safety scissors by when you're doing bondage. You hope never to use them, but you'll be damn well pleased you did when, if you needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of, in fantasy, people have their fantasy of um, it being welded shut. Oh, yeah. And you see a lot of the um, Eternity Collar things, where it's like the big silver band that's bolted shut um, with, like, an Allen key thing. Yeah. I mean, I've actually seen one where... Um, I thought it was welded shut, but it's a hidden lock, oh. where it's basically one of the chains is an interlocking piece of metal okay. that locks together. So you can still take it off, but it looks like one unbroken chain. It's very That's cool. cool. Um, yeah, I personally have issue with the idea of welding something that is one inch from your skin. Yeah. Um, I've seen like pictures and videos of it done. Me, personally, it kind of scares me. I would ask you to look into the safety measures you can take if you're going to do it yourself. Yeah, and another thing I know, I've seen in popular, like from popular web shops, they've started doing blunted um, choke chain collars, which are oh, designed yeah. for, which are basically designed for dogs, where um, when you pull them, Inner spikes pop out and dig into the flesh. Now they're blunted, but what's your opinion on these? Because you're more into pup play than I. I haven't yet tried one, so I can't tell you from a position of experience. From a position of fantasy, I can see the appeal. From a position of practicality, you would not want to put your full body weight against it. 
dogs are lighter than humans, and if you pull against a choke chain with full force as a human, it's at the very least it's going to get very painful. Plus, dogs. I'd. I would. It's like a shot collar. Don't go into it lightly. Be aware of the risks. But if that's what you want to do, go for it. It's also, remember, don't use a proper dog's one. Because dogs actually have much sturdier necks. They've got um, both fat and flesh. A lot of flesh, because they're the revolution they're designed to be picked up by the collar scruff of their neck. Um, so don't use a pet store choke chain and don't use a shock collar designed for dogs because again they've got a layer of fat, loose skin and fur which means the shock collars are much higher voltage than what should be worn by humans. Make sure to get a shock collar if you're going to use one that's designed for humans specifically. Um, and if we're going to talk about shock collars and safety as well uh, the aim of it is to get the electricity through to the muscle underneath. And this forcibly tenses the muscle, making you twitch uncontrollably. The idea isn't that it's painful, painful. It's surprising, involuntary movement, which can sometimes feel painful, but usually is just a surprise. It's a shock. It makes you think twice about what you're doing. And it's brilliant fun. I really like it. But you do have to make sure that both prongs are resting on the muscles. So sort of stick your finger on the side of your neck, tilt your head left and right, and feel for where the muscle is that's moving, and make sure that both prongs are sat on there. You can use it elsewhere on the body, but again, try to make sure that it's resting on a muscle. Otherwise, it's going to... Well... If it goes onto a nerve, it can potentially make the entire nerve's length feel incredibly painful, which might be what you're going for. In my particular case, it isn't. Um, and also, if you have it anywhere near the heart, you are risking a heart attack, and you should definitely stop. This is more to do with electric pads and clamps than it is with shock collars. But all the same, it bears mentioning, electro and the heart do not mix. No, um, my partner and I, we, we really enjoyed doing something which we found out we really shouldn't do. What did you do? We have an electro kit at home and one of us used to put one pad on one of us and one on the other and we used to snog with it. And it's amazing that okay. we was warned that because the electric current was going up through our necks and through our tongues, that could be potentially dangerous. Um, so sort of yes, sort of no, it depends where the pads were. Um, on our arms, forearms. Uh, I'd be kind of hesitant. Yeah, that's what we was told. Which is a pity because it felt really nice. I know. Have you ever kissed someone and actually felt electricity going through it? It's amazing. If you had the pads a bit higher, you could have still gotten away with it. Oh, that's interesting. Um, 
the fewer organs it has to pass through, the less likely it is to cause any major damage. Yeah. I mean, we should do a whole show on Electro, because Electro is its own fun little thing. Yeah. We'll save that one for a later date. Yeah, and any other safety tips? Oh, yes, size of colours. I know they can be nice and... It can feel nice when they're tight, but for colours you're going to be wearing all the time, um, I basically use the same rule as buying a shirt. You should be able to get at least two fingers through between your neck and the space. So, for collars with a chain, one of the easiest ways to deal with it is just to, whilst you're buying the length of chain, let it rest, and then try to lift it up to your chin, and stick your chin underneath it. You shouldn't be able to get it over the length of your chin, um, or if you can, you shouldn't be able to get it into your mouth. Um... As long as it comes up to just about the tip of the chin, that'll be comfortable. It'll be loose enough that even if you get a really bad cold, your neck won't swell up and it won't cut off anything. But you'll still feel that weight, you'll still feel that pressure, you'll still feel that contact. For um, leather and rubber collars, dog collar style ones, yeah, you need to be able to slip a finger underneath it. Again, just from the way your neck swells and and the different water retentions. Yeah. The last thing you want, it's always deeply embarrassing when you have to pour at your sir and go, please, can I loosen the collar a couple notches? It's hard to breathe. It's one of those things which you... It's good that you're doing it, but it's kind of a buzz. Kind of a buzzkill. Try to just go that little bit looser just err on the side of caution. Yeah, basically the neck is a very important and very exposed and delicate area. So make sure your play with it isn't too rough or endangering. Yeah, just be sensible with it. Man, I think I think that's about everything for now. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Uh, people that get collars tattooed on them. I've not actually seen anyone who's done that. No, which... Quite frankly, I'm glad of it. It's kind of like getting your boyfriend's name tattooed on you. It can seem romantic at the time, but we all know there are reasons why you shouldn't do that. I don't know. I can kind of see it Francois Sagat style. They've just gone, well, screw it. I'm probably going to be a sabu for the rest of my life. Anyway, I'll just have a generic tattoo of a collar and then start putting name tags on as and when I like. But, eh, I can also see that being really boring later. Yeah, I mean, most people, from what I understand, do it around either their arms or their wrists. Okay. Have the tattoo, just as like a chain. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, but tattoos, probably not a good idea unless, again, your life, what you want to do with your body is fine, but I personally would advise against it. Well, it's permanent, and yeah. unless what it represents is also going to be permanent. Which, as much as you think it might be, things can still happen. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, that little voice of caution, sometimes you should listen to it. Other times, you should just have fun. It depends how permanent things are. Yeah. 
So yeah, from me, I'm Craig. I'm Adam. And this is goodbye from us. Bye. Bye. Hi folks, Craig here. Just wanted to say, if you wish to write in to give us um, opinions, feedback, or even show suggestions, you can email us at kinkboyspodcast at gmail.com. That's kinkboyspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook forward slash kinkyboyspodcast. And we have a Twitter at kinkyboyspod. You can reach us at any of these, and we're very welcoming for any feedback, suggestions, or show ideas. If you wish to appear on the show talking about a very particular fetish you may have, please feel free to write in.